Welcome to part three of the three-part interview with Ranger veteran and author Stephen Trujillo. All right. So here we are. Part one, we talked about the VA and some other stuff. Part two, we talked about relationships. And part three now, we, we're going to talk about your books because <laughs> 26 years to write the first one. And now you're cranking about like uh, one a month. I'm, I'm, I know, I know, I'm exaggerating, I'm exaggerating. About one a year, maybe. Yeah. Then that's a tough job. Well, it is. It requires a lot of focus and a lot of discipline. Uh, you know, right now, I, I, like I said, I really published two books. But my second book, what happened there is kind of ridiculous because I was sitting down to write the preface to it. But the preface just kept growing. It got bigger and bigger and bigger. But it's still... In my mind, it was the preface, right, to the book. And so when I published that book, I published it with a gargantuan preface. It was absurd. It was completely <laughs> But in my mind, it was the preface, right? And when people looked at it, they're like, what the hell, Doc? And I'm like, well, hold on now. Then I realized, okay, dumbass. You really published, you really had wrote two books. The preface is a book unto itself. It's that long, it's that big, it's that complex, it deserves to be its own book. And the other book that it was prefaced to is still its own book. So I came up with two books. Right? So I had to actually pull that second book. It was called The Story of Memory. There's guys out there that actually bought it. And I, and I feel guilty about it because uh, Amazon, for the full color edition, charged $88. And I was like, no way. And dudes were buying it. Like, okay, I got I got to put a home because I can't live with myself, guys. There's no way I'm doing that. So I pulled it, and there's guys out there now that actually bought it, and they now hold very a collector's items. item. Oh yeah. And they're very, you know, there's a very finite number of them. I know exactly who they are. I know who I know their names. You know, and those guys, after I'm dead, that that book will be. Right, after I die, right? And that won't be that long. I'm, you know, by the time my wife saw us that I was going to die at age 62, I'm 58. That sounds about right when you look at my health. I'm not sure else. I probably will die in my 62nd year of life, but I'm okay with that, right? And it gives me a few years now to go ahead and finish up some other books and projects that I'm working on. And, you know, when you have those kinds of health challenges, does like fire right into the yeah. That's what I've been doing. Right? I'm just, I'm just right. I write every day. I work every day, and I maintain a schedule, and it works. Right. So my first book came out in 2017. That was a tale of the Raiders. Very surprised at the reception of that book. God. Why were you surprised? <laughs> well, because I was pretty sure that it was going to be very controversial. That a lot of dudes are not going to like the book. Well, I'm still waiting for the credits. I'm still waiting for them. There was one editor who wrote some criticism of it, and I looked at what he had to say, and I was like, well, this is not your average military memoir. Okay? This is not a formulaic book. You know, you can buy a million, a million of them. Go into Borders, go into Barnes and Noble, go to the military section. There's memoirs, military memoirs, right? This is a military memoir, but it's not like 
Yeah. So anybody who's expecting that, looking for that, this is not their book. They're going to be disappointed. And that editor wanted to reshape this book into one of those books. I said, no, that's not what I'm about. That's not what I'm doing. That's not what they were my goal. My goal was to write something, a work of history that was utterly honest, documentable, objective to the degree that anything can be objective, honest. And that's what I did. And it worked out very well. Uh, I mean, people are still buying that book a year later. Right? Oh, they should. They did. They should. That book should sell forever. Well, you don't get rich doing this, you know, because I, I published Amazon. But so you don't get rich. Right? I think I made like five bucks for Kindle, maybe it's three fifty for Kindle. Right. Uh, maybe ten dollars, eight dollars for a paperback. And again, Amazon is selling the paperback version for sixty four ninety nine. Well, that's something for that because I, I cracked the code on Barnes and Noble with metamorphosis, but the second book is now available on Barnes and Noble in full color for thirty four ninety nine. Oh, very nice. That's yeah, that's the book that Amazon wanted to charge $88 for, right? So I got some for Amazon, right? So the black and white paperback version of Metamorphosis is $24.99 for Amazon. Okay? If you wanted it full color, you got it with Barnes & Noble. And also, $24.99. And that's the price I can live with, Carl, because it's a big book. But it's full of photographs. There's a you know, so that, that's the way that the, the second book came about. So it was, uh, uh, I started writing that in 2004 after I came back, after I came to Bangkok from Baghdad. And uh, I wrote it because a lot of people were like, well, where did Dr. T come from? Where, you know, where, did, where did you come from? How did you come to wake up in a safe house in the name of Peru in, uh, in 1990? That was the question, because that's that's where my first book is, right? You don't realize until the very end that that first book was all flashback. In fact, I didn't realize it myself until long after it was written. It was a flashback, the whole thing. And that's why I call it, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's why, why it's sometime, right? Memories of the idiots and dreams, right? Because it was all... So, anyway, just to kind of redirect this, that book was very well received, and uh, the reviews were amazing. I think there's like 55, 56 reviews on the Amazon page, and, and they're from, you know, really preeminent people in special operations. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people. And actually, I got a, I got a credit from Jeff Mellinger. We talked about Mellinger and Jericho. Mellinger was the very first review, and I was stunned. I was totally astonished because Mellinger was one of those guys that I was certain that he hated the book. He didn't hate it. He liked it. He read it. He sat down and read it in one city, but he wrote a really good review. So after Mellinger did that, people said, well, maybe I'll look at this report that crazy doc team wrote. And they read it. They liked it. They wrote really kind reviews about it. Now, are you later? You know, I don't want to say how many I sold because you know, I, you just don't know how that's going to be used against you. I sold a lot, I sold a lot of a lot of copies of that book. I did not get rich on that. I think I've maybe three thousand five hundred altogether. 
cost money. I learned it the hard way. I deserve that money, right? I felt no guilt about making $3.50 or $10 on, on a copy. You know, people were still buying it. It was very well received. So my worry was that the second book would not be well received. And, and I think the jury's still out on that. Uh, because it is a continuation. Metamorphosis is a continuation of the narrative that began in a talented innovators. It's a continuation. Mm -hmm. it, and really what it is, is it consists of chapters that I extracted, I pulled them out of that first book. I wanted that first book to be lean and tight and just mean and just bony bristle, right? And anything that was fat, I just mercilessly cut it out, right? So I was left over with this material that I began writing in 2004, and I repeated the process. I just cut and cut and cut and pruned, you know, I cleaned, I just got polished, and so it's, it's, it's actually, you know, a pretty short book uh, compared to the first one. It's, it's a couple hundred pages. So it's, you know, it's... You can read it in one sitting. I've just, I've been too busy to do it. But uh, yeah, I'll sit down and I'll go through a, a big chunk of it at a time because it's easy reading and it's fascinating. Your writing style is uh, very, it, it's easy to follow. And when I read... When I read, I get pictures in my head. So, you know, I don't see the words. I see the pictures in my head. And, and it you facilitate that the way you write. Well, thank God. Because you just never know how you're going to be received. Mm -hmm. You don't know. You just don't know. I mean, folks that wrote reviews about that first book on Amazon, you know, some of them really hit me out of that field. I was like, holy shit. And a lot of those guys, you know, I cited their reviews. I quoted their reviews. I, I, I uh, discussed the reviews in uh, the preface to Metamorphosis, which became the book, Revelation. Okay? Revelation is a very different book. It's, uh, it is what it's titled. It is a revelation. Uh, it was channeled to me by the Big Ranger of the Sky. The Big Ranger of the Sky wanted me to write that book. And he fed me material that he wanted me to write, okay? So, folks out there in the internet land listening to this are thinking, Jesus, this guy's from here. He's crazy. He, he, he's claiming that, that he was a messenger of the big ranger of the sky, and he, he wrote a book that was channeled to him from God. Yeah, that's exactly what he said, okay? That's exactly what happened. And you don't have to believe it, right? But you look at that book, you read that book, it's obvious that I could not have written it absent the body of invention because I'm not that smart. But, uh, so I haven't had a chance, I haven't had a chance to read that one yet. That's next on my list. But uh, tell, tell us a little about the book. I think a lot of folks won't get okay? They're not going to get I think it takes a very bizarre person to really rock that book to, to understand it and to sympathize with it, to be pulled in by it, right? And I, and I think that, you know, I did the best I could to write it as clearly and cleanly and simply as possible, but it addresses things that are not that simple, you know, really not that 
simple. So it's about, uh, it's, it's, it's basically what, what God told me to write. And I think what happens here is that the big razor in the sky has a message that he wants people to understand. That he uses many channels, many ways to express himself in the world, right? And I was just, what? Well, I was just... Well, I think most people just ignore it. Most people walk right past it, don't even see it. They do. They absolutely do. And that's one of the points I make. We absolutely do it. And many times in multiverses, bricks at our heads, okay, to get our attention, to get us the focus. And that's what bad luck is, okay? When you have bad luck, it's because you're not paying attention to the higher power that's trying to communicate to you, okay? Matt Griffith spoke at our, at our Vet Expo here last October, and one of the comments, or he's uh, founder of Combat Flip Flops and uh, Second Ranger Battalion, and and my favorite quote from his talk was, "Karma's not a bitch; it's a mirror." Yeah, that's right. It's a mirror. It's exactly right. You know, so if you if you cut yourself off, you're not paying attention. You're so, you know, intent on yourself, focused on yourself, but you're not listening. Right? You're not listening. You're not praying. Not surrendering, right? You're going to have that life. Life is. Okay. I'm going to reemphasize the key to this is to surrender. To say, you know what? It'll be done. Whatever you want me to do, point me that way, show me the way, and I will do it. And ever since I did that, Carl, I've really turned around. One one of the questions we ask in when a veteran joins Gallant Few now, we have a 25-question survey, and, one, and and you answer each one, you respond with one is not a lot and 10 being a whole bunch. And one of the questions, for example, is I believe life is worth living. And, and if you score less than a 10 on it, we're going to have a conversation about that. But one of the questions is I worship regularly. And that came from an interaction that I had with uh, a, a Hindu who ran a nonprofit in Kansas. And and within uh, he had started a nonprofit and I wanted to to learn from him. So I asked for an appointment. I sat in his office and said, yeah, I want to learn about how you started this and why you did it. And he said, before I ask you that, and uh, I think he was from India and, and I couldn't uh, begin to replicate his accent. But he said, Mr. Carl, I want to ask you a question. When's the last time you worshipped? And. And I, you know, I, so I'm doing the mental math in my head. I'm thinking, well, last Saturday I was playing golf and the week before, or last Sunday I was playing golf. The week before that we were on a trip and, and he interrupts my thought. And he said, I didn't ask you the last time you went to church. Right. And, you know, talk about opening up a door to, to in my mind. That, that's exactly what he did. And I've never forgotten that. And that's, that's why we put that question in there because I'll get some, some veterans will answer 10 all the time and some will say two. But that gives me an opportunity to have that conversation. Let me tell you why I ask this question, regardless of how you answer. Let me tell you why. And, uh, and he went on to say that worship is, it's being connected to the world. It's, it's breathing the air. It's seeing the trees. It's, it's taking a moment to go, how in the hell is all of this possible? Well, Carl, you just might like that. Oh, I'm looking forward to reading it. Everything that you just said, that's what happens in Revelation. That's what I'm talking about. Okay? And it's heavy on Hindu philosophy. And I apologize for that. But you know what? A lot of folks out there in the world don't read the Upanishads or 
don't read the Puranas, right? They don't understand this philosophy. It's thousands of years old, thousands. It's, these are the oldest books that we have, right? And they're the smartest books that we have. They are so accurate. They understand dark energy, right? They know about it. They talk about dark energy. Uh, I mean, I could go on. There, I mean, there's sections in that book on quantum physics, uh, on cosmology, and uh, but it all comes back to what you just, what you just said, which is abortion. Okay, and basically what that is it doesn't mean going to church. It means have you stopped and listened and just said to your Creator, "Will be done." Mm-hmm. brings us to a perfect we're, we're right at an hour with all three parts put together and uh, and that's a great place to stop and i do want to uh i, I want to do this again not in a year let's do it sooner than a year but i want to come back and i want to ask you some questions about your dea experience and i want to talk uh, learn about being an expat and and the process of living abroad so let's just let's plan on after the first of the year we'll come back we'll do this again and uh and we'll just, we'll, we'll stay in touch. That's a great, great plan, Carl. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this three-part interview with Ranger veteran and author Stephen Trujillo. Check the comments for links to buy his book. And please keep listening to the New American Veteran Podcast. For more information about Gallant Few, go to www.gallantfew.com.
gallantf.org. That's G-A-L-L-A-N-T-F-E-W.org. Be brave, be bold, be gallant.